you know, a really good analogy is the analogy of a farmer. You know, when a farmer goes out to sow, he's sowing the expectation of a great harvest, right? But he has to take that that risk, that sacrifice to go out with the expectation that that harvest is gonna is gonna bring forth fruit, right? And and you know, it's gonna be very difficult in the beginning because he's you know he's gonna be sowing those seeds, and he's not gonna see anything, and he's gonna be planting and he's gonna be watering and he's not gonna see anything for for many many days, weeks, and months. But eventually, he's gonna start to see some sprouts. He's gonna start to see. The, the crops start to show itself forth. And, and that's that's investing. Investing is a, it's a long-term play. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme. Welcome to Coaches and Mentors and Rats. The show that brings you remarkable insights and practical steps to help you in becoming the best version of yourself. We're your hosts, Roz and Mike. We both didn't have it easy growing up. Through our story, we've made it our life mission to ensure every young individual will have the opportunity that we didn't have. This would be achieved through offering you unrivaled access to mentors and coaches and the opportunity to help you uncover how they impact our lives. Our vision is to have a world whereby we can all help shape each other's lives through shared experiences and carefully applied tools and systems that has been tried and trusted. Hi guys and welcome to Coaches and Mentors Unwrapped. We're your hosts, Roslyn and Mike. Yes, welcome to Coaches and Mentors Unwrapped. Yeah, I'm excited about this episode. We have um, my brother, but not only my brother, my also my my financial advisor, my you know, yeah. my money man. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. With us today, and um, he's going to be speaking to us about investing for beginners. That's right. Um, but I'm not going to waste any time because you know he's just such an awesome guy. Guy, he's full of so much wisdom and so much nuggets so i'm going to pass it on to him but we have the wonderful rodney Appiah with us on coaches and mentors unwrapped so guys stay tuned and rodney welcome welcome Rods. welcome thank welcome. you so much Rosalind and mike i really i feel quite privileged being on your podcast because i love love listening to your episodes they're really really insightful and so it's just great to be on and i hope that we enjoy we enjoy the session. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. And I'm sure I'm sure our listeners are gonna be excited for more. But um yeah, guys, keep your eyes peeled. But Rodney, tell us about yourself. You know, who is Rodney? Who's Rodney Appio? Who's Mr. Appio? Yeah, I, I guess I sort of wear lots lots of different hats. I mean, I started my life as a banker, so I kind of went down the sort of traditional city route of sort of working for um, you know, a large US investment bank. I, I saw the bright lights and and the dollar signs and thought that would be my life the next the next <laughs> yeah and I was just I was just I remember like when I was really young I had that memory of just seeing my dad with a newspaper and I thought he was going into the city but actually my dad was a postman but but I saw him with a newspaper and just thought I just wanted to be like that I, I just emulated that that image and I wanted to be part of that part of that dynamic and I was so fascinated by the world and you know, joined joined this US bank and was there for five years. And it was a really, really interesting time because it was in the midst of credit crunch crisis. And I got to see the good times, the bad times, the ugly times. I saw people losing their jobs and carrying boxes out of the, the office. And, wow. you know, it was, it was a crazy time, but what a great place to start my career. And then I moved shortly after that um, into venture capital, which is what I do today. And, uh, worked for a firm um, called BGF and then recently uh, joined another firm called Foresight Group, which I've just subsequently left from and, and really just, just entered the world of early stage investing and just, just meeting founders and entrepreneurs. I just think 
entrepreneurs are some of the most amazing people in the world. You know, they create something out of nothing, right? And they just have these crazy ambitions and these crazy dreams. And they've got this vision where they see things before anyone else. Yeah. And yeah. they have that courage to step out. And just being part of that journey and, and helping them to, to scale those ideas is something that I'm really, really excited by. Um, and that's what I'm doing at the moment. And uh, I'm privileged to be part of an angel syndicate called Cornerstone Partners, which I know we're going to come on to a little bit more detail, <laughs> yeah. uh, which focuses on investing into black and diverse founders. And I also hold a, a number of board seats um, really focused on investing and finance. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've had a pretty good career, pretty good career, but I'm now, you know, slowly transitioning into the self-employed entrepreneur lifestyle. So I'm still adjusting, being, being kind of catching up on the crown, but um, otherwise. <laughs> it's fine to take a break. It's fine to yeah. have a break. <laughs> Absolutely. But no, it's a pleasure being here. Thank you, thank you. I think I think you kept it quite low key. You know, Rodney's actually married to one of my sisters. Um, yeah, shout out to Raquel, Apia. <laughs> you know, whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, and yeah, he's, he comes from a wonderful family, and he's he's part of our family. So yeah, it's it's great to have you on Coaches and Mentors on Rap Family, and it's great to have you in our actual immediate family too. Nah, right? <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more with with all that you said there, Rose. I mean, you know, Rodney's somebody who when I first met Rodney, just, just for the sake of our listeners and context, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought I knew money, but not until, I mean, the definition of money, I mean, until you meet somebody who understands money, uh, but also understands the biblical aspects of money and, 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 and the importance of, you know, valuing money and making sure that, you know, money works for you. So I've learned a ton uh, from Rodney and, you know, it's just the simplistic nature of which he makes things sound uh, is, is something which I love, which hopefully for our listeners today, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go into that. Um, and again, you know, Rodney and, and Raquel, uh, you know, his wife, they have a purpose, right? Exactly. Their purpose is about, it's to do with money, to do with, you know, making sure that, you know, they support other other individuals and other couples to understand money. So I think, you know, we're privileged to be able to have you on our show. And, exactly. Um, yeah, we're glad that, you know, you're, you're part of the family. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, yeah. guys. We really appreciate that. Yeah. But guys, today we're talking about investing for beginners. So, you know, we're starting from the bottom, you know, just as Drake said, started from the bottom and now we're here. Um, but, you know, first question I wanted to point out to you, Rodney, is at a basic level, can you give us, could you share a definition on investing? Yeah, and I think, you know, the thing about investing is that, you know, people make it sound so complicated, but actually it's really, really straightforward. And investing is all about, allocating resources right and it it could be monetary resources it could be your time it could be your effort your skills your talents but when you invest it means that you're making a conscious decision to allocate those those resources with the expectation that because you've allocated it in that particular place or in that particular way it's going to yield a greater return to yourself and so it's just about being efficient and being deliberate about how you allocate those resources. And, you know, a really good analogy is the analogy of a farmer. You know, when a farmer goes out to sow, he's sowing the expectation of a great harvest, right? But he has to take that, that risk, that sacrifice to go out with the expectation that that harvest is going gonna, is gonna to bring forth fruit, right? And, and you know, it's going to be very difficult in the beginning because, you know, he's going to be sowing those seeds and he's not going to see anything. And he's going to be planting and he's going to be watering and he's not going to see anything for for many, many days, weeks and months. But eventually 
he's going to start to see some sprouts. He's going to start to see the the crop start to show itself forth. And and that's that's investing. Investing is a it's a long term play. It's not a get rich quick scheme. You know, I know yeah. people think that it's a get rich quick scheme, and they think about cryptocurrencies, and they think about the GameStop stories. And they think about <laughs> yeah. Bitcoin and all these people that just all of a sudden you know become overnight millionaires but actually that's not really investing that's speculation that's a completely different thing altogether investing is about being deliberate in how you allocate your resources and, and when i think about your resources there's three main buckets you know you've got your time you've got your skills and you've got your money yeah yeah and those, those are your three buckets you know how do you allocate your time your skills and your money to yield the best return for you and your family. That's how I think about investing. I love that. How do you allocate your time, your yield, and your money? Am yeah. I correct? Yeah, 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 you're right. And there's more nuggets. I told you guys there's nuggets, there's nuggets. I hope you guys got pen and paper or park up the car. And <laughs> I think I think th- this this might come as a bit of a surprise to a lot of our listeners because you think about investing, you think about money, not so much time and skills. And, and again, you know, when you talk about the resources, those are the resources, right? And yeah. I love the way you just put it. Um, what I'd like to understand is, you know, you've given, given us an overview of the different types or methods of, of investing. So, again, if I am a listener, um, I think I save, you know, some, some of my income or my salary, but I've never invested what are the different types and can, can you help them understand? Yeah. 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 That's key. Yeah. And that's, and that's, you know, that's, that's a really good question. Cause I think often we, we mix up, you know, investing versus saving and, and, you know, many of us have a savings account and we understand the concepts of saving, but for some reason, you know, the leap towards investing feels like, you know, leap into the unknown. It, it feels like quite a, a scary um, jump to make. And actually it's not, it's not really that different. I, I mean, when we look at, you know, if we just focus on investing and saving, I think the two key differences between investing and saving is all around um, risk and it's around timing. So when you save, you save with the expectation that you're going to get your principal back. So your principal is the money that you've actually deposited with the bank or your capital um, plus a modest interest rate. And, and you know, if you look at savings accounts today, you'll probably get anything from one to 3% by way of interest. Now that's saving. And, you know, as long as you save up to 85,000 pounds under the current um, sort of regulations in the UK, your capital is hundred percent secure. Yeah. But, but your upside is relatively limited because you're only going to be earning between one to 3% of interest. Yeah. When you invest, you invest with, the potential of making significantly more capital over a much longer period of time. And that's because you're, you're putting your money to work. You're investing your, your capital into assets. Assets which then take that capital, invest into other assets, and then seek to make a return. And so there's a potential for your money to you know, increase by 20%, by 30%, by 40%. In some cases, it could even double over a five to 10-year period. However, yeah. there's also the potential, the expectation that it could, it could go the other way, and it, you could get back less than what you've invested. And so, there's a risk element that's at play there. Um, but the timing thing's key because I think if you if you're patient with your money, then you know there's lots of research that suggests that investing over the long term will will deliver an outperform versus saving. You know, if you if you look over the last twenty years, 
you know, investing would deliver an, an average return of between five to ten percent per annum, and that's despite all the various, um, you know, cri- crises that we've had in the economic uh, landscape. You know, the credit crunch crisis, even COVID. There's still this potential to create value over a period of time. Over that same period, your savings account will only increase by one to two percent per annum. And so I really encourage those that are listening, you know, if you've got a savings account, spend the time, be deliberate, spend the time to learn a little bit more about investing, you know, be curious. You know, I'm a massive believer that everyone should have an investment account. I don't, I don't think it's, it's right to say that, um, you know, you can't start investing until you're a certain age or until you've reached a certain, I think investing should be a, a lifestyle just in the same way that we invest in ourselves. You know, when we read books, when we take qualifications, when we spend time in the gym, investing in our bodies, yeah. investment accounts should be part of your lifestyle. You know, you should have an investment, having an investment account should be as normal as having a savings account, in my view. Absolutely. Yeah. And do, do you, I was going to say, do you think there's an age where you, you say it's ideal to start wanting to learn about investing for young listeners? Yeah, I think we we live in a world today where access to the stock market, to the financial markets, where you can trade in assets. Um, and, you know, if we talk about the building blocks of investing, you know, there's, pro- you know, there's probably like three or four core building blocks. The first one is equities, yeah. uh, often referred to as stocks and shares, but essentially it's part ownership in a company. So that's the first building block when you're thinking about investing. And these are sort of financially traded instruments that enable you to take a part ownership in, let's say, Sky or in Netflix or in or in um, other listed companies. And then you have bonds, which effectively are IOUs. They're effectively tradable loan notes um, that enable you to lend your money to large corporations that are seeking to raise capital from the markets. Um, then you have um, commodities where you invest in, in um, you know, raw goods that are largely... Um, uh, sort of nondescript in nature. So whether that's like gold or oil or coal or, um, you know, pork scratchings, et cetera, et cetera. So there's all these different types of elements of assets that are available and that are out there. To come back to your question, Mikey, in terms of, you know, what's the right age? I think it's, I personally think it's less about age and it's more about mindset. Right. So, you know, it's really important that you have a disciplined mindset when investing. You know, if you're, if you're naturally a hothead, or if you're naturally, um, <laughs> or if you're naturally easily um, swayed by the move and the currents, or you're quite an emotional individual or being, investing is probably not not ideal for you because you're going to be you're going to be, you know, very likely to make rash decisions that are probably not going to be in your best interest. Yeah, you know, it's really important to have the right mindset. Um, when you think about investing and, and by mindset, I think you need to be calm, you need to be patient and you need to think about the long term. You know, when you invest, you need to think in years and decades rather than in days and months. Right. And I'm, I'm a massive believer in, in, in that approach. Ronnie, that, 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 I, I, w- I want to hold in on, on a few points you made there, but you know what? For the interest of time, let, 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 let's flip it up a little. So um, I want you to explain to our listeners the importance of investing because you made a very good point there right you talked about there isn't a set age it's a mindset you talked about some of the you know the, the things you need to be able to be a good a good investor you have to be calm think about long term but i think you know i want you to bring it all together in terms of 
if I'm a listener out there and I'm saving, but I'm not investing, can you explain to them the importance of investing right now and starting investing right now? For me, I look at it as my savings account will give me one or 2% at most. You mentioned, this, you know, if you invest well over a long period of time, you may get 10% back, right? Yeah. But, but that's not just that. I'm sure there's other benefits. So can you please just share maybe a th- 30 seconds on the importance of investment or investing for, for young people? Absolutely. I think, I think investing has a number of benefits. The first one is that it develops life skills. You know, as I, as I mentioned previously, that investing is about allocating resources, and that is not simply confined to monetary, monetary um, assets. It could be confined to how do you use your time well? How do you, you know, do you, do you prioritize family work? Do you prioritize um, um, other types of work? Um, so that's really, really important, developing those life skills to understand how to allocate, allocate resources and use your time efficiently is a skill that you develop in investing. But one of the main reasons why people invest is that we often fall ourselves into thinking that saving is a, a no-risk strategy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a full it's a foolproof strategy in that as long as I put my money into a savings account, I'm always going to get my money back again. Right. Now, the reason why that's not correct is that you're exposed to inflation. Now, inflation is the general increase in prices of goods and services. Now, if your money is not growing at the same rate at which the general there's a general increase in price, the goods and prices and services, you are in effect losing money. So just a really simple example, if um, you had a pound that you invested in, into um, a savings account and a, loaf bre- and a loaf of bread is a pound, let's say, and the next year the loaf of bread increases to a pound 5p, right? But your money in the savings account only increased from a pound to a pound 2p. You're now in a position where you can't afford a loaf of bread anymore. Yes. Yeah. So like at a very basic level, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, right? But that's that's really what we're talking about. You know, w- you know. We think that because we're being conservative, that we're being prudent, but because we're putting money away for a rainy day, that we're doing the right thing. And to a certain extent, we are, because it's good to have an emergency savings account. But in other ways, we're not, because we're actually losing money. Mm. We may not see it because we still have the same number of pound notes or the same number of digital numbers on, on our uh, bank account. But in real terms, we are losing money because uh, the world doesn't stop stand still. Prices, you know, the good, the prices of goods and services continue to rise, yeah. and so investing in the stock market gives you the ability to combat the worst effects of inflation, and allow your money to at least increase at the same rate as the the rate in which prices and goods and services um, increase. And so, inflation is on average between two to three percent per annum. Yeah. And so, what you would want to be looking for is you know, mechanisms, ways in which you can increase your money by at least 2 to 3% per annum so that you're standing still. And if you want to grow your wealth, then clearly you need to grow your your finances by more than 2 to 3% in order to be yeah. in a I hope yeah. that, that makes sense. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my question to you, Rodney, is for a young person that's now coming into a concept of learning how to invest, um, what's the importance of of what of what they need to learn to invest yeah it's a, it's a really good question i think the one of the first things to um to kind of grasp when you're thinking about investing is there's a couple there's a couple of really key things but let me touch on a, on, a, on a couple of them the first one is this notion of 
thinking like a an owner rather than an investor. So I subscribe yeah. to this concept of what's referred to as value investing, you know, a style of investing that's that's popularized by a chap called Warren Buffett, who's who's regarded as one of the most successful investors of all time. Um is a multi-billionaire because he's delivered uh, consistent returns, annual returns of circa 20% for the last 20 years plus, which is an incredible record, right? And he subscribes this concept of value investing, which is that you think like an owner, that you hold shares, which is kind of part ownership in a company, with the intention of never, never planning to sell those assets, never planning to sell those shares. So you're looking for assets, looking for companies that you think are undervalued, you're looking for businesses that you think have been mispriced by the market. And as a consequence, you now want to be in a position where you want to get in early, secure a position, and wait for the rest of the market, the rest of the public to catch up and to fairly value that asset. And once that happens, what's going to happen is you're going to see a capital appreciation in, in, your, in your stock price. And so when you think about how do you make money in the stock market, there's two there's two, two key ways. The first way is through capital appreciation. In other words, you buy something cheaply and you sell it after it increases in price or in value. Yeah. You can do that by buying something that you perceive to be undervalued, right? Yeah. So breaking it down, it's like if somebody said that you had the opportunity to buy um, a PS5, right? Yeah which you know retails for like, I don't know, is it 300, 400 pounds at the moment? But yeah. someone, someone's going to offer you a genuine, authentic PS5 today at 50 quid. And the reason why they're able to do that is because they don't perceive it to be a PS5 because yeah. it doesn't look like a PS5. It's got the wrong casing. It, it's got the wrong controllers. But actually, internally, it is a PS5. Yeah. Is you need to clean it up and you need to break away the casing. And then suddenly, it looks like a PS5. And now you can resell the PS5 at its true value. That's what investing is really about. It's about uncovering those gems, finding those, those opportunities, finding those businesses that, for whatever reason, have been mischaracterized by the market and then waiting for the market to catch up. So that's a, that's a really, really important, really, really important point. So that's, that's the advice that I'll give to, give to, um, to, to your, your listeners. The other, th- the other piece of advice I'll give them is use what you know. So I can give you a really good example, right? My, I've got two sisters. And one of my younger sisters, um, uh, her name's Melissa. Uh, I used to like go pop by the house, um, my, my mother's house, to go and see her and see how she was doing. This was a long, long time ago. And I noticed that there were packages that were arriving at the house in the hallway that had the words ASOS printed on the front of them. And I had no idea what ASOS meant, right? And I spoke to Melissa. Right. And I said to Melissa, Melissa, what, what's this ASOS thing? And she said, oh, Rodney, I, I found this new website where they're selling really cheap clothing and they deliver it the next day and it's called ASOS. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Why don't I go and check and see where this business is listed? Yeah. And I went to go and check and see if it was listed and it was. And I thought, okay, well, look, my, my, my sister tends to be at kind of the cutting edge of new developments she seems to be ordering quite a lot of this ASOS stuff. I had absolutely no understanding of what ASOS was. Mm. But I thought, oh, I'll make an investment. So I made a small investment into the, into the business and then proceeded to hold on to that investment for, I think, 18 to 24 months and made a fourfold return on my investment during that period. Wow. Love it. ASOS exploded in popularity. 
Now, why do I tell you that story? I tell you that story because we are surrounded by investment opportunities all yeah. the time. And sometimes we're completely oblivious to them. Mm. You know, you have insights, knowledge, access to people, trends, themes that other people don't have. Yeah. And what you need to understand is how can I leverage that insight, that knowledge, that access in a way that can help me make a return for myself and for my family? That's what investing is. There's a really great book um, that was written by Peter Lynch called One, One Up on Wall Street, which I recommend your listeners to, to, to read, which talks about this very concept of you can beat the market by leveraging what you know. You can beat the market by identifying trends before everybody else. And so I'd really encourage your listeners to do that. You know, if you've got, if you're really passionate about fashion, then invest in fashion businesses. If you're really passionate about food, invest in food businesses. If you're really passionate about technology, embrace technology and invest in technology businesses. You know, invest in what you know, invest in what you understand, invest in what gets you excited because it's important that you have a genuine interest in the things that you're investing in. Well said. Well said. Great. I think you um, you alluded to the next question, which was, you know, our listeners love practical tools. Yeah. And our last question was really, you know, for you to uh, recommend some, some good readings, some good sources for them to go and understand more about investing, um, share resources to further their knowledge. Essentially, you talk about one of the books, which you know, I'm probably going to get that for myself. Um, but are there any other books, any other resources anywhere else? You know, they, they, they can further the knowledge, please. Yeah, absolutely. So there, there, are, there are probably three books that I would recommend for lots of different reasons. So um, the first book I'd recommend is called The Little Book of Common Sense Investing. Right. Written by a guy called John C. Bogle. Um, it's a fantastic book. Uh, John C. Bogle is the, the founder of uh, Vanguard uh, Investment, one of the largest uh, fund managers in the U.S., and what they did is that they popularized the concept of index investing. So index fund investing or index investing is essentially a hypothesis that says that you can't beat the market. And so because you can't beat the market, the best way to invest in the stock market is to buy a basket of goods that replicate the underlying performance of the market. So the way I always describe investing in index funds is it's like investing in a mini-me of the stock market. That's what it is. It's like investing in a mini-me stock market. So if the stock market goes up overall by 10%, your mini-me basket or index fund will also go up by 10%. And if the stock market overall goes down by 10%, your mini-me basket of goods will also go down by 10%. So if you if you take the view that it's very difficult to beat the market, then you might as well follow the market by investing in index funds. Yeah. And John C. Bogle popularized that idea, that approach, and his book about the little book of common sense investing is all about encouraging people to buy index funds or passive funds and putting their money to work in that way. And actually, if you had done that by investing in the U.S. market, which represents about 55 percent of, of total stock market value globally. So if you're investing, really, really important that you have exposure to the U.S. If you ignore the U.S., you're ignoring more than half of all investment opportunities, then you would have made on average an eight to ten percent per annum for the last ten years. Yeah, compounded just by simply investing in an index fund. So you wouldn't have had to do anything, you wouldn't have had to check it, you wouldn't have had to look at it, 
just simply in putting your money into a, a pre-populated index fund that was following the market, you would have made an 8 to 10% return for the last 10 years. Okay. And so, so that's a really good, really good book. I really encourage you guys to read that book. Uh, the second book I mentioned already, which is One Up on Wall Street by Peter Lynch. Peter Lynch is a very famous fund manager. Just um, done incredibly well as a fund manager in his own right. And what I love about his book, although it's it's very very Americanized and US centric, um, is that it, he really breaks down the practicalities of investing to the ordinary person in the street. Right. Use what you know, understand what you know. Um, and leverage that to participate in the stock market. And the final book I was going to mention, which is it's quite a dry read, if I'm being perfectly honest, but it's it's viewed as like the Bible on investing, is a book called The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham. Now, Warren Buffett, who I mentioned earlier, who is, is regarded as probably the most successful investor of all time, his mentor was Benjamin Graham. Oh, wow, levels. And Warren Buffett, Whenever he was asked, what, is he, what does he think is the most definitive book on investing? He always quotes The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham. Now, let, let me be open with you guys. It's not a great read. But, <laughs> but it will get you places. But if you want to understand investing at its core fundamentals from the best in the business, that's the book to buy. Amazing. Amazing. I think we're going to end it right there. We are, um, we are. But guys, it's been great. Um, Rodney, thank you. It's been phenomenal. No problem. Uh, guys, I told you there was nuggets. I told you. Yeah. I told you to yeah, park the car. Look. I told you to pop the brakes on the bike. I told you. <laughs> there, there, there was a lot of nuggets there. And um, yeah, I mean, th- again, there's going to be a summary in our show notes. Yeah. I was going to try and summarize all that you talked about. But I don't think I'm going to do it justice. So nah. I think it's best if our listeners just make notes like Rosalind That's said. That's it, all and, rewind. Um, the, the, the key thing here is just get into the habit of investing. Yeah. That's it. On that note, guys, tune in. And thank you guys for tuning in to this week's Coaches and Mentors Unwrap. We're your hosts once again, Michael and Ros. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. And thank you, Rodney. Take care, guys. It's a wrap. Thanks, Rodney. For all the links to the resources discussed on this episode, click the details link next to the podcast. For any questions or topics you'd like to discuss, mentoring and coaching requirements, kindly drop us an email, support at cm-unwrapped.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember, inch by inch you form a stitch and 1% improvement daily can help you become 37 times better in a year. That's absolutely staggering. Let's go get this, guys.